If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome, friends. It is another edition of Unlock, the world's number one Xbox show. We are here at IGN, and we have got a lot of Xbox stuff to talk about this week. Coming up on this week's edition of the show, we have, uh, we're going to actually kick it off by talking movies a little bit, but it's movies you'll be particularly interested in. Ready Player One, a lot of video game stuff in there, including, including Marty Sleva's favorite, the Battletoads, make an appearance, <laughs> uh, as well as the Tomb Raider movie that is, uh, that is about to release as well. Uh, plus, State of Decay 2, we've got more on that as part of our ongoing IGN first. I uh, want to talk A Way Out a little bit. Had Joseph Farris in here to play the game with. Uh, more Sea of Thieves to talk about. We've got Black Ops 4, a Splinter Cell rumor, which is giving me heart palpitations. We've got uh, more Tomb Raider on the game side. The creative director from Halo 4 has a new studio. Just an unfathomable amount of stuff to get to this week. So I want to get right to it. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my right this week is Brandon Tyrell. Hello. And to my left, as usual, here, Alana Pierce. Uh, I adore that shirt so much. Thank you. For anyone not watching the video version, it's Mugman, um, who I specifically got because Cuphead was sold out, because obviously. <laughs> the Cuphead <laughs> one's really cute. It's like just the same, but the red around the collar and everything. It's Yeah, yeah they're awesome. It's like the, the no. Luigi of Cuphead. No, <laughs> I have to, do, does your boyfriend have... The, the complimentary. I could get him one. He right? he doesn't play a ton of games um, or a ton of indie games, and I made him play Cuphead, and he has this thing where he's obsessed with completing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So when he's playing Cuphead, I won't talk to him for several hours. <laughs> but it's great because we'll swap the controller when we die, yeah. and it's a lot of fun, but he will not speak to me, and he'll just be like, oh! It's like it's a lot of fun to play with him because it's like, well, he's helping me get through this, so well, there is good. a co-op mode. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it'd work. That wouldn't go no, well? He's Maybe too, this like playthrough. Ooh. I just punched the microphone. But yeah, I mean, you know from Easy. like playing with Lily on the stream the other day, yeah. like things are harder in co-op, I think. Yeah, it is. yeah like so. Mugman and Cuphead just look so similar. Yeah. And I'm sure that's that obviously intentional, but it's just like, no. Also, you, you have to like happens. worry about staying on the same screen as the other character. So I, I, I actually really like the system of us swapping the controller when we die because we don't get yeah. too frustrated and you're like really championing for the other person and watching how they do things. But Very true. Yeah. And fun. Miranda Sanchez oh. on the end over here. Always good to see you. Uh, so let's actually start with Miranda because I want to talk about Tomb Raider. The the film embargo lifted. I know you came in here angry today. Yeah. <laughs> just in a, uh, so let's just get through that and then we'll we'll get on to happier topics. Yeah. So it's a shame that Tomb Raider has uh, has helped contribute to this mood. Randy, but you being angry is one so of my bad. favorite I, things, though, because you're like, yeah, and it's I, still just so sweet. <laughs> 
I have to say, <laughs> uh, I actually hadn't spoken to you since you saw the film. Like, I, I saw the review. I didn't know anything about what people had had thought right. about the movie here until I looked at your review and I was like, wow, <laughs> that bad, huh? Yeah, yeah, so honestly, I feel like I've been in a hole for the past week or so between Tomb Raider coverage and artifact coverage, which you can please go check out on IGN.com because we did a lot of cool stuff with that. Um, it's just been so much work and now I'm finally kind of done. Like I still yeah. have Tomb Raider stuff to do and I'm really relieved just to have it out there to kind of start talking about what went wrong with this adaptation. So you give it a 5.5, yeah. a, a mediocre point. 0.5 out it of is, 10 on the IGN scale. It is a film that exists. Five is not keep bad. That is a <laughs> no, thing we need to me- mention. It's yeah, mediocre. Mean, like, mediocre. That is there, literally our definition. There are things that go very well in Tomb Raider, but there's also a lot that holds it back from being a competent film. Right. And like all the adaptations stuff aside, like gameplay stuff aside, Lara as a character aside, this movie just doesn't hold up well because it hinges on a relationship that's not developed well. And what it trades in, so... It, tr- it tries to pull things from the 2013 game, which I loved a whole lot. Um, she goes to Yamatai. Yeah, we've seen a lot of it, just in the, trailers, in the trailers alone. There are a number yeah. of exact shots, which Mark shot. Medina made little comparison yeah. videos. Yeah, cool. And so I was worried, and maybe you can, even though the, the movie's mediocre anyway. I was after I saw that, I went, "Well, I hope they don't follow the story too closely because." By the end of the game, the 2013 Tomb Raider story is real stupid. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I liked how weird it got. I love supernatural. <laughs> I hated it. I hated the whole it. time, See, I was like, please be science-based. And, love and, that. Uh, to, to its credit, uh, Crystal Dynamics totally fixed that. The rise of the Tomb Raider story was way better. Just 100% than above board kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Man, I, I like it. Uh, I'm the same boat with Miranda. It's fun. I like the Indiana Jones, like, it's yeah. a straight movie, right? And then at the end, like, there's some cool no. stuff that makes you wonder, <laughs> is there more out there? I like that. They didn't explain it yeah. well enough for me, so it frustrated me. But, yeah. uh, All right. You yeah. mentioned sort of there was a there's a scene in the 2013 game that really caused a lot of I guess eye rolling and a lot of, uh, I don't know quite what the word I'm looking for is, which is, you know, early in the game when she has to kill someone for the first time, she's devastated by yeah. it. And then five minutes later, she's just mass murdering everyone. With an eye That's, <laughs> that's even a ludonarrative dissonance. Yeah, that, I mean, oh, that's no. done even more so in the film of just like, a, oh no, I killed a man. Oh, look, there's another man to kill. Got to go. <laughs> and so, but I mean, she doesn't do that exactly. And I'm going to try to talk about this without spoiling things. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are a lot of similarities. I think some of the scenes they picked directly to lift from the game were good. Um, but ultimately, the biggest problem is Lara as a character doesn't stand out very well. Um, she does not care about archaeology. She's not an archaeologist. She, mm. her main motive to go to Yamatai is to find out what happened to her father. Because mm. in this world... He may or may not be alive. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the game, he's definitively dead. And so that changes so much about what this movie is. So it stops being about Lara and learning how to how she comes about loving adventure and that part of the archaeology and more so about her relationship with her father, which isn't given good weight in the beginning. Like, sure, you don't need to say, hey, obviously parent and child care about each other, but everything that you're associated with her father before she goes out to look for him is negative. So he just left her a lot. Every scene they showed of her flashbacks, just he's just gone. He's just leaving. I'm laughing because this is the exact reason I hate Alan Wake, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about and the so, wife. He hates her. Like, yeah, this is the exact the hard, same it's reason. It's hard to buy into that, right? It's like, especially knowing that they traded in this for what made Lara awesome in the games, so right? It sounds like she's not even a Tomb Raider, really. Yeah, she's not. She's mm. just there to 
dad find, find her dad. dad. And <laughs> there's only one team in the game, which I mean, the game in the movie, which is fine because it's a movie and there's less but um that adventure gets kind of lost because of this focus on their family and it's i don't buy into it very well is the action Um, cool at least yes that is the biggest highlight for me is like the action like alicia vikander just is so cut guys she's like ripped it is ridiculous (laughs) i was just like oh (laughs) goals but um, i mean lara croft is has nothing if not upper body strength yes "Ah, i'm fine i'm holding onto a ledge with one hand goes to great lengths to prove that as well it's just like look how fit she is i think she's She's in a lot of our own stunts as well yeah and i mean it it shows and it's really cool but in that you lose a lot of her character otherwise like i know she cares about her dad who never seemed to really care about her aside from being like oh i'm sorry i have to leave but i'm leaving daddy issues but then also you find out that he's lied to her kind of all her life because he was practicing archaeology in secret (laughs) Secret archaeologist. Uh, Lord Richard Croft in this iteration is actually in charge of uh, Croft Holdings. Oh, he's a like business Thomas man. Wayne? Yeah, so it's like, oh. <laughs> your dad's Batman. Great. Well, your dad's yeah. Batman so if has, his Batman persona was an archaeologist. Right, yeah. And boring, he has a boring secret, Batman. Yeah, so he has a secret lair that she finds um, after- Batman of academia. Yeah, after like kind of getting a puzzle from him after signing some paperwork, kind of recognizing oh, his death. Oh, that's the part that's a in puzzle. the trailer. Yeah, that yeah. you've seen a million times, and that's how she finds that he was an archaeologist. She's like, oh, man, he was doing this the whole time. That's why he was gone, I guess. And, and, and that part just- really made me irritated because like it just this is what we're supposed to buy into instead of having a fully realized Lara Croft about her and finding her love of adventure and it's it's just not sold very well and the villain's really bad Mm -hmm. Olsen Goggins I've heard is very good on television but he's not good in this movie it's so disappointing I'm still gonna go see it but yeah I mean like there's like I said, there are parts that are done really well. I think the sh- the scenes where Lara's on her own, like whether she's surviving or solving puzzles, are the highlight of the movie. And there's not a lot of that, which is a shame. I'm totally just going to watch this on an airplane. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. honestly, it's an airplane movie. From- that's better. Uh, the one positive that I felt coming out of this was that I just wanted to play Team Raider again. So yeah, that was yeah. cool. Which is like, yeah, kind of. Well, and, we'll, and we'll get to that yeah. actually in a little while later <laughs> in the show. Segway. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so it's it's a shame there was a lot of I think optimism. In, certainly I mean, in the I was, community for this movie. Yeah, I was like, there's, they could do this so well. Like, I mean, you obviously don't have to go super in depth in the story that they had from the game. Like, you don't, you have to lift that, of course, to be fit for a movie. But the way that they did that just was really disappointing. Yeah, we had an Oscar nominee as the, the lead in this mm-hmm. film. But it sounds Machina like was such a good movie. somewhat wasted. Uh, her performance is somewhat wasted in this. Yeah. I have seen some people, I think it was like Greg Miller tweeted positively about it. So it could be that it's divisive as well. Yeah, I mean, also, I don't know if other people are picking up on this, but like every, almost every man she meets, either forced with her, wants to kill her, or both. And it's really gross. And there's uh, like, I know, and another thing people will be like, no, don't worry about this. But there are so few women in the movie. And like, the 2013 game did so much to change like, how Lara was treated. Didn't she have like, I don't remember her that friends. game, her best friend, right? Yeah, and, and I mean like, that's, or a group of friends. There that's like, I don't need like, women. tons yeah. of women in this movie to be competent, but like, if that's the way you're treating all your characters and you're not really tackling that in any significant way, then it just comes off poorly, right? And so that was Sometimes a it's big, just cheap. 
Yeah. yeah, and that's just, that's just how it felt, right? It kind of reminds um, me of like the female analog to James Bond, where yeah. every woman is either a sexual mark or is secretly an assassin, an assassin who's going to kill yeah, him and with so her thighs. The or problem was too is just like she goes on this adventure with a guy who's having similar problems to her, um, and having a lost father, and his dad is also a secret archaeologist. <laughs> no, he's I really want to get back to Batman archaeologist later <laughs> I on. Know, in it's this really bit. weird. Um, like circle back fun. to that yeah. and. It belongs in a museum. Like even then, like when they have like a fine relationship, of course they have to show a scene where they start flirting. Yeah. And like in the very beginning, almost every guy flirts with her. And it's just like irritating that she can't get away with this and just be a person. Like she has to be a thing to be desired. And that's where it's just really frustrating. And like that's not like a, a big critical mishandling. Like that's one of the many. Um, but that just kind of adds to everything else. It just eroded at your sure. enthusiasm yeah. for yeah. the film. It's just exhausting, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, so if, uh, that's what I thought. If you're planning on trying to see a, a a good video game film based film in the theaters this weekend, Tomb Raider sounds like it may not be the one. What about our other contender? Let's go to door number two. Ready Player One, based on the uh, the book. By that, Ernest Klein. Yes, uh, DeLorean owner Ernest Klein. Yeah, his DeLorean was like parked outside of the event in Austin. It was oh. pretty cool, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so I have not read the book. I don't believe you have not read the book correct. either from reading your I, review. I decided not to read the book uh, because I figured most people who go see this movie won't have read the book, and yeah. I didn't want to have that influence my review. So my idea yeah. was like, I will review it how majority of film goes will see it, yep. and then I'm going to read the book and I'm going to re-review it. It won't be called a review. It'll be like a feature where it'll be like, and here's how I feel about it after having read the book, basically. I read yeah. Jurassic mm. Park after seeing the movie, and now I love both of them so much. It works better that way a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. At least it did for me in that case. But yeah. um, there was, a, and I think it's fair to say the we're kind of in the opposite situation heading into Ready Player One, whereas with Tomb Raider, we, there, I feel like there was generally a lot of optimism towards that film. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Ready Player One. I thought it was going to be bad. There was, yeah, there was, I think there, it was kind of an internet punching bag. You know, mm. those, the, the parody movie posters that they did ahead of time oh. really so you know, was a week bad. or two ago went over very poorly. And Some of that is annoying me a little, like the amount of, of people that I'm seeing that I respect who are being like, this movie's going to be garbage. It, just, it almost seems like bullying. Right. You like, get the, well, you get that dog pile, pitchfork and yeah. porch mob mentality going on on the internet. And, and uh, it's from your review, it sounded like you came away, I mean, not blown away, but you had a good time with the film. That's exactly, it's an action comedy that is fun to watch. It's like, uh, I enjoyed it. It's surprisingly very funny. Like some of the best things that they do in the entire movie is they cut between what's happening in the real world and what's happening in the Oasis, which is the virtual world. Mm-hmm. And it'll show, say for example, like someone unleashes a weapon that like makes people react in a really physical way. And then it cuts to how they look in real life. They're all just like moving like really strangely. And it does that a lot. And it, it's, it's really funny. That's like <laughs> really good. If you die in the matrix, comedy. you die in real life kind of thing. Sort of, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but they don't, but yeah, yeah. it's uh, the physical comedy is really good. And I want to say the villain um, is like particularly good because he's in the book, supposedly a generic bad guy who's just like awful and cheesy. Whereas in this, he's also genuinely funny. Like there's mm. a part, oh. I don't, I don't want to spoil any of it because some of the cameos are it's incredible. It's all reference. It's a ton of references. Yeah. Right? It is. It's like reference. Yeah. One of them is just so good. And even going into it again, this was a thing in the trailers that I was like, I'm probably not going to like this. This is like nerd bait that I'm going to find cheesy and played out. And, some of it was like some of it's just like cameos that yeah. don't really mean anything. So you can be like, Ooh, it's Harley Quinn. But some of the, the <laughs> one particularly that I kind of want to tell everyone not to read reviews because after I published mine, I read a bunch, just spoil it. And it's 
something that you would never expect that is just so incredible for 15 minutes that everyone was just like, oh my God, I can't believe they got this property and did this with it. Only read it's the so IGN good. review. By I, a lot I would of never years. say that, but in this case, I'm like, literally <laughs> don't read any others. Like, I mean, really don't. It's nice to read like multiple reviews after a movie. Like, that's usually yeah, I what I do. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I, I would just like some of them. It was even weird reading other movie reviews just explicitly explain things that are really cool in great detail. And the reason that one thing is cool is, A, because of the property and the way that they show it. But it's also that it ties into the plot. And those are the cameos that are really good. It's like when it actually means something. The ones that are just like throw away are just like, okay, I get it. You just wanted to get a lot from me. Like a character sinking in lava and giving the thumbs up. No, people yeah. are like, oh. Hey, remember this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there is a lot of that. And some of it's really cheesy. Um, I wrote this in my review, but the the line that I thought was like one of the worst things I've ever heard in a movie was a fanboy knows a hater. And it's completely. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that tweet. 100% serious. Like he's not being. Beautiful. It, it's completely unironic. I was just like, oh, no. That's... And there are a couple of things like that. Like, it's probably the first serious use of the word noob in the past decade. He's like, yeah, you're a noob. And it's like, oh, God, don't. How dude. dare you? I heard that recently somewhere. I was just like, guys, don't. it's terrible. Yeah. So there, there is stuff like that. Somebody... What year is this film <laughs> set in? 2045? Yeah, but it, it, it seems like it was written at, like, the MySpace era. all, But that's what yeah. it seems like it's stuck in sometimes. But some of the character stuff is really interesting. Um, for the most part, it's just... The Oasis is really cool. It's the CGI is incredible and constantly interesting and the action is really engrossing and it does feel really triumphant and they do a lot of different things with it like playing with time, playing with space, playing with gravity. Like it's really cool but the real world, A, it doesn't answer any of the interesting questions about it and it is really interesting. Like mm. the way the Oasis works, you don't know how it, it funds the economy or the influence it has if the bad guys get control of it. The book obviously answers those questions but most people won't read the book so it's like the movie just fails to do that doesn't and involve blockchains it might <laughs> it seems kind of like it is similar what to blockchain but yes <laughs> it, it's not too far off but uh it's yeah even the characters none of them have any development none of them have any arcs um there's a lot of stuff where like people in the real world just manage to find each other and get around really quickly and you're like how did you get where where were you how, how what again like how are you all just like driving to each other really quickly none of this makes any sense and the bad guys just repeatedly are like oh i sent out drones to find them you're like okay you can all right we get it you keep <laughs> just sending out drones to find the car like i understand you're just one trick pony really so it's, it's there's a lot of dumb stuff in the real world it really lets you down but the cameos are satisfying and i really did not expect to be the kind of person who was like oh yeah, that's the so things that I love are on screen. Aww. Aww. Those hippos are hungry, hungry. That, that's the fear, right? It's just yeah. that it's cheap, and it comes off as like selling off a thing that we love so much. Yeah. In that's what I was worried about. So it's, it's really nice to hear that from you. Yeah, and like one thing is like I don't want to spoil anything, but like there's a Gears of War weapon that just when it's shown, I was just like. Mm. <laughs> and like you see Spartans and those are in the trailer and it's yeah. like just like a lot of stuff that I'm sure there's this that was one series of references that I didn't understand at all in one part that I was just like was it anime it was it was I, I believe like <laughs> 80s bands oh, okay I don't oh, get that either all right. so there was just like now this, this little, my language. This little like segment that I was just like Duran Duran well I know I know who Michael Jackson is but the rest of, I don't <laughs> Duran Duran is referenced to okay like, I got that one <laughs> I'm heading to this movie just like ready to be angry at the yeah. use of the DeLorean in the film. <laughs> and I hope, I hope I don't. So the DeLorean 
doesn't I've read paragraphs from the book where it's like, yeah, my DeLorean was sitting next to my X-Wing and it was the coolest <laughs> thing. And like I put this on it and it was rad. And it's like just seems terrible. But the DeLorean's just like kind of there and he it's loves just it. There, like in the yeah. trailers. Yeah. He just drives it. Like it's I don't think they they use it badly. Yeah. Um so so the the way that I would approach this, and I do want to say, as I've been saying to a lot of people, I made a vlog about this, that the theater I was in, Spielberg was there, everyone was so excited to be there. It was a premiere and it was public facing so people were clapping and cheering and it's totally possible that seeing it in that positive environment had an influence on me that obviously yeah. when you're writing a review you try to cut through that bias but I have no idea if it had a subconscious effect on me and if I see it again I won't like it as much so I really don't know um, and that's a weird thing about movies as I was saying to Miranda before the first time I saw The Last Jedi I adored it and then every time after that I liked it slightly less yeah. so it's yeah, like yeah. it's a thing so I don't, I don't know <laughs> but what I want to say to people is a, don't read any reviews except mine. Uh, <laughs> B, go in not expecting an amazing film. Because even at the start of our screening, Spielberg said, this is not a film that I've made, it's a movie. And it is that. It's just fun popcorn flick that's funny and dumb. And if you can get through some of the stuff that's like silly and you don't want any depth, then I think I you'll have Tomb a really Raider good time. I wish would have done that. Yeah. Because they try to take itself so seriously in that relationship and kind of- You're probably right. A lot of that action fall by the wayside sometimes in favor of that those relationship moments. Yeah. yeah. I think the best thing about Ready Player One is that it doesn't take itself too seriously. Is mm-hmm. that it, it knows what to make fun of and- <laughs> Even like the Did bad you, guys, they have these like little drones who are like just a bunch of nerds who are trying to figure out all of these puzzles in the Oasis. Mm-hmm. And th- some of the some of the lines those people say, because that even though they're bad guys, they're still like stoked to see everything like coming together. And it's just like it's like that's kind of what our office is like, honestly. And like <laughs> seeing that kind of stuff is like just all these happy nerds being like, oh, they're playing Atari. And it's just oh. like that. It's it's very <laughs> cute. It's very cute. So did you ever get used to the protagonist avatars i think the avatars are ugly they're as hell. awful um, it's like you, you see spartans and then you see them and i'm just like what happened ugh. yeah the the main character percival kind of looks like he, he looks like a final fantasy character crossed with a sim crossed with an alien a yeah, little bit yeah. like i don't think any of them look great but uh it didn't annoy me too much the okay. the facial animations are really good and all of the parts where the acting is in the oasis is quite good too okay um the the worst character is one of the bad guys who basically does like the lead bad guy's dirty work and like continues this weird thing or it's the same in Blade Runner where it's just like angry sidekick woman who never yeah. smiles then it's like she just she's just very serious all the time just like walks really stiff and like doesn't make any jokes and it was like she's basically just just a Terminator why didn't they just make her Terminator she's a, she's a tool yeah. she could just be Terminator to be fair she is kind of just a tool like they made her for one purpose I think they maybe made her so overacty because maybe they wanted it to be comical but that's the only performance that I was like this is so rigid it's yeah. just weird yeah. but all the others like the main guy Ty Sheridan there are a couple of close-ups on his face that are like a little bit silly um and the first I want to say 10 minutes but I could be exaggerating of the movie uh it's just like B-roll with VO, which I didn't find a right place to mention in my review and most people won't care, but it's just exposition. The first 10 minutes goes from- Oh, so it's like the narrator so, setting up the world. If you've seen the trailer, yeah. it's the Welcome exact, to the Oasis. The exact yeah. stuff that's in the trailer is in the actual movie. Got that's it. not just trailer VO. So it's just like, <laughs> this is the Oasis. Everyone loves it here. And then it cuts to explaining what the challenge that they're all going after is. And it's just <laughs> like a long time of people talking. And that's strange. Yeah, it's not, I feel like they had trouble explaining things. And just and, but, on that. but there are some things they didn't explain well enough. It's it's weird. So again, mm, it's funny. fun fun movie, not a deep film. 
right? So Some that, of the references are amazing. That's okay, though. I, like, I feel people get so hung up on, like, you can't, like... It's got like, to be amazing. You can't like bad things. I love bad movies. Oh, man, I love trash. Yeah. Like, you, you, <laughs> so. when you were talking about Ready Player One, I just watched Pacific Rim again, like, two nights ago. I I'm like, this really movie, like Pacific Rim. This movie is super cheesy, <laughs> and some of these lines are, like, hard to swallow, but I really like that film yeah, because it's robots punching monsters. if you're prepared for that, yeah. then you'll totally enjoy it. And seriously, that one cameo is, like, I'm just excited to watch it again. Like, yeah. the, the just, oh, it's so good. And right. so if you're standing, if you go to the, the theater and you're at the box office trying to decide which video game influence film to choose, to, to see this weekend, it's like, yeah, maybe Ready Player One could be the more enjoyable way to go. Again, do, do that. Sword in a very positive environment. Don't know. I think <laughs> so. Oh. You had fun. I did. I did. I did have a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. I think you're a good enough to reviewer to remove that from. I think so too, but I'm still, I've never reviewed yeah. anything in an environment like that. The because the game though, is that, just like, you're sweating does, on your own couch, just like, <laughs> in my experience, that does wear off over time. So it's it not does, like you yeah. were, it's not like you were writing your review in the theater as people are like, are applauding. So, you yeah. Know, that, you know, it wears off and you. I still feel that piece. way about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. 7.5. All right. Well, let's move on. We got a ton to get to. That was uh, that was uh, keeping it real. The yeah, we did a movie our, show. Our episode of keeping it real. Still counts. That's R E E L, our movies podcast. If you're not familiar, which do we still do that? I think, I think, I think they, they brought it back anymore. as the, the IGN movies the movie, anyway, show. The movie show. I think it's the movie yeah. show now. <laughs> like how Deep we don't reference. know that <laughs> deep cut reference. You can find uh, it on IGN. We have so many <laughs> podcasts. Our shows. We do. We're, uh, we're, we've got no shortage for sure. We've media got, network. We've got a Netflix-like lineup of, yeah. of things. Uh, Brandon, hey. State of Decay 2. <laughs> yeah. We continue our, our monthly, or our just month-long coverage plan here. We had a hugely positive response to yeah. that co-op footage, which was the first sure real did. proper any gameplay footage was that like anybody's seen. From sort of the gameplay reveal. I mean, I know they showed some stuff at E3, but this is the first like solid chunk of gameplay that you know we've yeah. shown off. And uh, y'all loved it. So thank you very yeah, much. For watching. Um, and know. so if you want to just give a, a quick overview on, we've just put up a new video today. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so, then uh, what's, what's immediately coming up? Oh, man. Well, immediately coming up is still in flux, depending on our uh, our pipeline, our production pipeline. But today we put up a uh, – this is not it. This is the – That's the co-op This game. is the co-op That's trailer. It. If you're watching the video version right now, you can see that. Um, today we put up a similarly length uh, solo – uh, gameplay clip, which is just basically one of the guys at Undead Labs who was far better than either you or I. Yeah, the, uh, uh, jumped the narrative director, Richard Fogey. Richard Fogey, yeah. yeah. I love watching the devs play their own games. Yeah. Yes. So interesting to see what they do. And what's funny is like uh, you watch that video and he does not have a good time at, at certain points. Like it looks <laughs> really hard. And I'm thinking like, man, if this guy who made the game, mm-hmm. who like was the design director, just got murdered in the street, uh, I don't imagine there's much hope for you or I. Um, but yeah, it is a big chunk of solo gameplay and it's a little inside baseball, but, uh, if you're familiar with the first day of decay, there's a lot of like character systems and shelter systems and even inventory systems that people are really curious about. Oh. Also, you can do cool judo flips. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I like that a lot. Does it have like combo unlocks like dead rising? Uh, I think the different weapons have different sort of animation, uh, animation swings, but I don't think there are like combo systems. There are special moves. Like again, if you're watching the video version, you saw the woman in the green parka just do a judo flip. That's a move that you unlock when you get her like athletics i think it is yeah. up to five cool. stars yeah, yeah it, it is part of the rpg system um 
But back to the 25-minute solo gameplay, there's a lot of cool menus and, and stuff in there. So if you're a huge fan of the series, uh, there's a cool little brief glimpse into, into some of those new systems, which we will, uh, once again, be diving into yeah. more later on this month. And um, uh, we also... Sorry. Go ahead. Do you guys have one of those quick go-to links? You know how we do like an IGN? We, do, we don't at the moment. Yeah, we okay, don't. Uh, for, <laughs> our, for dumb reasons that I won't get into. The okay. service that we used to use, yeah, we, we no longer have it. But uh, yeah, we also got uh, Undead Labs to confirm the Xbox One X enhancements That's right. that, that oh. State of Decay 2 will be, uh, will be utilizing, the, which, yeah. which is very important to a lot of players. Uh, I mean, anybody that has an X obviously like, wants to like know, myself. especially because you know, this will be one of the first big first-party games mm-hmm. yeah. to, be, to be hitting the X. And uh, so you can, you know, it's, it's, they've decided to basically just pump everything up, uh, the texture details, all, all the effects, all that jazz, they're not doing like a, a 1080 60 mode, which and I, saw, I have to say I just wanted to defend Unle- Undead Labs for a minute here because I saw not a ton but I saw some grousing about mm. this yeah. when we posted it saying oh we can't even do you know I want to play in 60 frames it's like the the X to the best of my knowledge there isn't a single open world game that runs at 60 frames yeah. on the X like because open world games are just they're more technically challenging games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be really good on the X. We, again, we didn't see it on any Xbox. We, we were just running on PCs. Just yeah. on high-octane PCs the whole yep. time. So that is uh, the one you know, sort of big caveat that we want to make clear with our coverages. Yeah, but those, I mean, those enhancements are going to, you know, like rising tide lifts all yeah. ships, right? So every version, you know, everybody will have the same version on the One X. Um, so it's doubly important for like a co-op game. And I know there are co-op games out there that have those settings where you can either target performance or right. graphics or resolution. Like Gears 4 does it, but that's not an open world Mon- game. Rise Mon- of the Tomb Raider Monster does Monster it. Hunter does it. Um, and that's, you know, it's got huge levels, but it's not an open world game. Right. Um, and those load screens actually going in are fairly sizable, like 15 seconds, forever. 20 seconds. And then uh, Not on an Xbox One X, they don't. <laughs> good news on, the, I'm on the microtransaction <laughs> front, yes. Uh, there is good news on the microtransaction front. There are none. There are none. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, great wow. news. We did confirm yeah, that. That's with, uh, great. Yeah, so great. You, you can find all that and more alongside release date and pricing and the various versions. And there's a collector's edition that comes with a thumb drive. So that's kind of clever. <laughs> but not the game. But not, really? not the game. It's one of those collector's editions that doesn't have like a swag have a bundle? Oh, wow. Yeah. I, must have, oh, I must have skimmed over that line. No, yeah. There was one of those. Uh, was <clears throat> last, Is it Project Triforce? It uh, it happened with like Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, yeah. I do remember. It's I do remember becoming it becoming more and more common. Yeah. So the reason for that is usually that they've got like an exclusivity deal with like a supplier. Yeah, like if it's GameStop or something that they have an agreement that they have to give them a certain allotment and then they can't give them to. Or if there are two special editions, it's mm. basically like one can be like an, an edition of swag that doesn't come with the game is basically how it works. It's it's they've already promised something to someone else and then someone came in and was like, we want to make the collector's edition, but they couldn't give them games mm. basically. So it, mm. at whatever point will that collector's edition that they wanted to make include the game in the future after the allotment has been filled no. or at that point it's just sort of like... No, yeah. Yeah. Well, it sucks for everyone, but it's basically the people making the collector's editions coming in too late. So if Got you it. really Got like State of Decay 2, you, you want, can buy the game and then that. buy a separate collector's <laughs> Sweet edition. Sweet merch, yeah. Uh, it does way, look cool, though. A Way Out is uh, one of the sort of four huge games on the way over the next couple so weeks. I'm excited to play that. Um, three of them are coming to Xbox. Nino Kuni 2 is... PlayStation exclusive. That's next week, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, but yeah, we've got we've got Sea of Thieves, Far Cry uh, Five, and A Way Out 
on the way here over the next couple of weeks. And on the Joseph- way in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> Wordplay. Word Joseph Ferris uh, was here, actually. He came on a press tour out to San Francisco. And uh, I played... Uh, we jumped through a bunch of different little mm. sections of the game. And PS, so there, PS4 and PC. Yeah, that's what I thought. There's a, so there's a 28-minute Let's Play, which is super long, I realize, but Joseph just... He is enthusiastic, and he says lots of crazy stuff, and so you're going to want to watch the whole thing. I can't wait to watch this, yeah. because I haven't had time to do anything for myself lately, <laughs> and I'm so excited to make this the first thing I do. I thought I couldn't meet him. We met him briefly at the Game Awards, but yeah. he was very mm-hmm. drunk. <laughs> so that was yeah. a different experience. I met him at E3 last year, and it was like really awesome just talking to him oh, about Oh, at, at EA Play, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he so, was in the hallway. I saw him there, Right, too. yeah. So I, like, I can't even imagine how you would be when actually playing the game with him, too. Yeah, he was awesome. like, he was, or I was his co-op partner, I guess <laughs> would be the better way to, to phrase it. We had a good time and uh, just show, showing off a bunch of little little sections of it that uh, you'll want to check out. And a friendly reminder, this is an EA Originals game. So for anyone who's like, I don't want to buy it because it's EA, EA makes absolutely no money off of it. Yeah. All exactly. of the money was, will be going to the studio. Was this one and Faye or Faya? Yeah, and also... Um, well, Unravel before that. Yeah, Unravel and, technically and Yarny. didn't count. And Unravel. Yarny. Oh, didn't it? It wasn't well, an EA original. Yes, it was. It was sort of the no, pilot. It, was, it wasn't? No, it was the one that made them create EA original. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it thank was, you. It was okay. sort of the, the kickoff, the pilot game. Got it. Yeah. All right. But Unravel 2, yes, you know that's that happening. Be, yeah. <laughs> nice. So there's that. And then uh, just want to touch base too. We had the, the final beta the the final the test final sea of thieves beta. did anybody get a chance to play i know Miranda, yes yeah just you and i, I just played a little you, you played they added a whole bunch of chickens some pigs <laughs> the merchant the, the merchant, merchant yeah uh, so cool quests so cool. if if you had played the beta before they had the gold hoarders which is basically hey go find me this treasure chest and bring it back and i'll give you some money um this bit ba- why is sophia vagar on screen <laughs> wait that i thought that was Catherine zeta jones was it? I think that might have been Catherine Zeta Jones. I think so too. I don't know. Why was she there? I, <laughs> I don't know I why. Why was she? Why <laughs> what? That? What's what happening? No, no, no. Wait, go back again. Go back again. Hold on. All right. For the, for our audio listeners, just bear with us for two hey, seconds. Maybe here. that's the video. Yeah, that might be Catherine Zeta Jones. I think so. Yeah. She looks a lot like Sofia Vergara there. But also, again, I watched Modern Family last why? night, so that's probably why. Uh, anyway, so yeah, you were you were doing you were doing some uh, animal. Yeah, I, this train is Livestock. so derailed right now. Um, yeah, so they added a new merchant where instead of find me a treasure chest and I'll pay you for it, it's go find an animal crate, go collect an animal, and then deliver it to X, Y, or Z in the allotted amount of time, uh, and you get money for that. Could you say you were chasing chickens? I was chasing chickens. <gasps> oh, Oh, okay. It. It's, yeah, on. it's on. It's on. Wordplay all day. Every second time. Our it's theory that the, all the universes are connected is coming true. Yeah. <laughs> Fable and see if these universes are connected. Oh, I like anyway. that. Uh, so we'll move on, but real quick, actually, just on, oh, on that note, move. I wanted to, uh, Brandon, if you would if you would please for our audience, because obviously we have our Xbox crowd here. Yeah. This is unlocked. If you could just go over real quick the, the general review plan for Sea of Thieves, because obviously this is a live game. It's a live service-based game. We will not have a That's review right. ready for you on or before launch because the game isn't turned on yet. Yeah, so unfortunately and understandably, um, 
you know, Sea of Thieves is an online game, like you were saying. It's going to take that, you know, sort of persistent community to actually understand what the game's about. So nobody is getting in until the game launches on 320 in in the U.S., um, which is, I think it also launches in Australian time, which yeah. would be about 9 p.m. the day before on Monday, uh, 319. So um, the plan goes like this. We're going to put up some impressions, my impressions of the betas and, and sort of, you know, the foundation of Sea of Thieves right now. Um, and then since we've really all played the same stuff, I just kind of want to outline what I'm going to be looking for in the coming days. Um, and then, you know, we'll take that and, and update that review. Yeah, be pro- a review in progress. Update that review in progress a couple days later, either on Thursday or Friday. And then uh, we're shooting for the uh, the final one, you know, no later than a week after launch. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be sailing with you as much as I possibly can a lot. Yeah, I'm going to try schedule. to do that as well. Yeah, I'd like to as well. Please. Yeah, we want to get all four of us in there as much as we can because it's <laughs> yeah. really is the heart of the game is is a four a four person crew yeah. that's all friends right now my big concern about reviewing this game is that you need sort of a persistent crew together and i know that they had said like even when you hit legendary status um you know you can bring your friends along who maybe they're not as involved in sea of thieves as you are but i worry like uh, you know i'm gonna have a ship but then one of you guys have to drop out or like i'm playing with somebody else and they have to drop but out I so we bring a new crew that's member probably in probably good and because that's how most people will have to play it right yeah absolutely it's just i need to be able to talk about what's at the end you know and yeah, i and i hope i can get there yeah so I'm sure at least a few people will be able to stick around for most of it. Yeah, we can so, open it up to the community yeah, as well. Wait for that. I mean, we can have so some unlock fans in there. Next week's mm-hmm. Unlocked. We've been talking about Sea of Thieves for two, <laughs> almost three years. Yeah. And next, as of next, this is the last show that a, we're doing where special, this game's not out. Yay. It's crazy. It's finally happening. Yeah. So we're doing it in Sea of Thieves next week? Oh, oh my not God. Not next week because oh, it has to be the GDC week and uh, the uh, assorted oh, yeah. other nightmares that we have going on, meaning all these review projects, including Sea of Thieves. Yeah. But maybe we should shoot for the week after. Yeah. We'll do, try to do the show from inside Sea of Thieves. That's a good idea because I will have played a ton. I don't expect you guys to have done as much as I do because GDC... I'm just not going to go to the GDC parties and yeah. Sea of Thieves instead. <laughs> well, not even that. Panels and, you know, yeah. we all have jobs. Far Cry 5 comes out that week. And, Man, uh, I'm already tired. I know. I know. Oh, no. But I've been tired so <laughs> long. Just, I, I mean, I, I'd like to say... Uh, Congratulations to Rare in advance for, yeah. for launching this game because, and it's you know we we've just been I don't want to call it unusually excited. It's just like I think it's it's just there aren't a lot of games that have really sort of captured our attention in this sort of unique way. And there there is something special to this game, and and whether or not it bears out over the course of you know of 40, 50 plus hours, right. that's a, still a big question that remains to be seen. And that's mm-hmm. what the review is going to, I hope it does. Answer. Yeah. And I hope it does. all really <laughs> hope it does. But nevertheless, I mean, this is, this is rares, you know, remember Microsoft paid, uh, $375 million for rare in 2002, I believe it was. And this is rares first original IP yeah. uh, for, of any kind, but certainly on X on Xbox, and that's not a Connect game uh, in a long time. And I know all the rare crew that's all listening right now is just saying, "Well, we're super proud of Connect Sports as well." And say I, I get that you you should be is is a very great good Connect game, but but this is the first like you know I love that core you. core game. Let me put it that way: this is yeah. the first core <laughs> new rare game in a long, long time, and. Yeah, I just, man, I can't wait to jump into this next week. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching the video, I love it when they drop the anchor and just e-brake park the yeah. ship like next to an island. <laughs> can we so cancel GDC so we can just play Sea of Thieves? I'm 100% down. Just we have the authority to do that. Yeah, so. Fine. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, let's move on. We've got a ton to get to. I want to start with a rumor follow-up from last week, and that is Black Ops 4. Call it, The new Call of Duty is indeed Black Ops 4. It's real. It's real. And it's it real. is indeed tally marks. It's real. One, no, one, one, one. Brenda, you, just... you reviewed uh, World War II, la- mm-hmm. Call of Duty World War II last year, yes? Mm-hmm. So what's, uh, what do you want to see out of Black Ops 4? What are you hoping for here? I mean, honestly, I was hoping it wasn't Black Ops 4. <laughs> really? Like, we already had three three Black Ops, right? Yeah. And I want to see what they wanted to do, something, just something different. Yeah. Because um, Black Ops 3, is, at least story, didn't stick us with really, really well. So hopefully 4 will have something that's a little bit more intriguing. Um, though I know everyone loves the Black Ops 3 multiplayer a lot, so that at least looks well. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just ready. For some more, I, I don't know. I really like the futuristic shooters, and I think this is not too. This is supposed to be probably not too far in the future, so that's fine. I just miss Titanfall a lot. Yeah, but uh, yeah, me just, too. Every time I think of shooters, I'm just like futuristic shooters with mobility. I think Titanfall, but for this, like, I'm curious where they're going to take it because I think a lot of people were kind of refreshed by having um, a more historical setting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, honestly, I'm just waiting for that gameplay to be revealed on May 17th. That mm-hmm. will be happening, um, which. I don't know this, but I suspect this is going to be a lot, like basically exactly like the Destiny 2 yeah. reveal event last yeah. year, because this is, it's the same time, it's during Judges Week, I'll be there for that, so I, I'm guessing the last thing of Judges Week will be a this big, big event, yeah. Probably, who knows if it's even at the same hangar right next to SpaceX and Tesla right, yeah. and Hawthorne, and they'll bring a bunch of fans and influencers. This is, I'm not, I'm purely guessing here, but mm-hmm. it would not at all it makes sense. Me. I mean, we right. we were there, we were at the Destiny Two reveal last yeah. year, and the playbook was great. Like we and it was, yeah, it was, they it was, bust us all there, and the fans were already there, and we went in and got to see our stuff. And, and fast forward almost a year, and look how the community feels about Destiny. We don't 2 talk now. about it anymore. From then to now, one yes. year Just makes a difference. Waiting for that next big update. Um, but the, uh, the, the, the real the real big news besides the fact that it is Black Ops 4 is the release date. I love this. Clock- oh boy. The exact thing that you wrote is what I said in the fix. Yeah. <laughs> Beginning of November every year they've had it on lockdown for, for the better part of a decade now with Call of Duty. Until now, they are releasing... <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops 4 on October 12th. What, what, what? Lana, why oh, on weird. earth would they change the playbook like Make that? Make way for our lord, Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, sir. <laughs> Peasant. The path is clear for ye. Even, Everyone's just getting the hell out of the way. Even Activision Call of Duty. is scared of Rockstar. It's amazing. I mean, it's so even smart, Activision. though. It's like, do you want us to play your game or not? Okay, good. Make yeah. sure it's not in the same like week as Red Dead Redemption 2. It's crazy. It's so important. Now, I, I saw it so much. Some people reacted to my tweet that said exactly that, saying, oh, well, they're just, no, they're looking to bury Battlefield, to just preempt Battlefield, which is usually late October. Hmm. Well, they can do that, too, yeah. potentially with this move, but... To me, this is 100% a, oh my God, we need to get out of Red Dead Redemption 2's yeah. way. No one would ever tell us, but I would bet money that they care more about Red Dead Redemption 2 than they do about Battlefield. Because every year they sell better than Battlefield. Yeah. So it's like, it, they don't really need to worry about that at this point. More people know the Call of Duty name than they know Battlefield's name, I would wager. So it's just like, it's it's. I just love that Rockstar has that power against the highest grossing publisher in the world. To just be like, oh, everyone needs to move. Honestly, ooh. I'm just happy with staggered releases because that one yeah. makes our job easier. But two, then we can play more games. Yeah, so. yeah. And I and I would, uh, we'll know if we're right, Alana, if next year 
They're back to they're back, back to back the yeah. early November. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Oh, it's so great. I mean, yeah, t- timing is everything, man. Like, look at Titanfall two. Like, ostensibly my favorite, <laughs> my favorite shooter of the year, up against Battlefield and what was it that year? Gears. Um, yeah, Gears was that year too. No, no, no. What was the COD that year? It was uh, I'm blanking on the name of it. I don't know. There's so many of them. It was wedged right between Battlefield. Yeah. Infinite. Okay. So it was basically yeah. They they released you know mere weeks apart. Battlefield came out, then Titanfall came out, and then Call of Duty came Thinking out. Thinking that just when Miranda mentioned it that Titanfall 2 the only reason it died is because of the time of year it came yes. out yeah so absolutely sad. it was a one of, one of the best one of the best first person shooters period that's, certainly that's campaign right. and multiplayer right. and as a collective package deal of this entire generation I know yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what I said in my review is like this is one of the best first person shooter campaigns that you've ever played and you know it was so important going into that second game from the first game that didn't have a campaign. Yeah, woefully yeah. nailed it. I even feel that way about Dishonored 2. Like, I'll <coughs> champion that game forever, but it failed the because of the died. time of year that it came That's out. Right. It, it shouldn't have. It's so hard. It's like, it's such a stuffy release time in fall, and especially for shooters. Like, shooters, I don't know how everyone else in the world chooses to play but like I try to get my hands on as many of them as possible because I think there's value to each one on their own like Battlefield and Call of Duty are so different yeah. oh, people yeah. are like well this is the same thing well, I'm like that's the, like saying Dota and League are the same thing and they're <gasps> absolutely not but everyone says that it's like, well they're both MOBAs and I'm like no, how there's dare you to their definition and that, that goes to the same with shooters and it's like a kind of a shame that they get pigeonholed like that right the Cleveland but Browns and the New England Patriots are the yeah, same and, and same I get it. Thing. they're both football teams <laughs> but I get it like we were talking before about like about leaderboards right <laughs> oh my god you two anyway we gotta separate you two <laughs> next romance. time yeah can you guys swap again it's, <laughs> it's like three years in the <laughs> making can't. just love, let it happen I love it very much um but that's they're that comes down to like teams. we only have so much time right so and well, we're privileged another, to have that yeah. accessibility to yeah. all these games. Yeah. And another I reason to that. play shooters is the campaigns are short. It's like, it's, yeah. you can do yeah. it. You can play all of them. I, know, but and, I also yeah. get that it's like people have preferences cool. for how they play their shooters, like what kind of things they require in shooters, whether it's time to kill or what kind of weapons or the setting. And I get that. It's just Titanfall 2. I had a friend who would only play shooters <laughs> if it. you could go prone. Like that was oh. that was his big thing. He's like, I want to lay down and shoot people from a distance. I, I actually do really enjoy that. I think that like Rainbow Six Vegas and Vegas Two have really influenced what I expect from a shooter. Battlefield as well, man. Like I, when you snipe in Battlefield and then you go to a shooter that doesn't have prone, you feel weird. weird. Yeah, vulnerable. I, I kind of want to know what are like the requirements for someone to enjoy a shooter. Like individuals like requirements. Like it has to have this thing, or else it's not a shooter. That an interesting I enjoy. question. Yeah, it's just I, I know obviously because we would all be really person. different. But for, for me, me yeah. it has right. to be tactics of some good campaign. Wow, really? Yeah, I mean, I not that I just swear off multiplayer games, but I'm far less likely to spend any significant amount of time with a multiplayer only shooter. For me, like the Same. variety of your weapons have to have a defined feel and yeah. enough strategy that I can change it up whenever I want to. Like if I have, if I like LMGs a lot, I need to be able to figure out what of those LMGs you offer are competent for me to play across all of your maps. That's why Gears of War is so good. Like the weapon yeah. variety, like in every iteration, they just kept adding yeah. more, but they're so well balanced. Yeah, it's multiplayer like, rules. I get it that sometimes one weapon can't sort of like work well across every map because of course different map types, but I just need to have one that I can feel comfortable with, but not just feel like I have to, of course, go to the automatic assault rifle because like that's always what happens, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, shooters. <laughs> so, uh, so that's the big black ops news. Now more shooter news. This this definitely puts it. it definitely puts the so-called Battlefield V between a rock and a hard place unless they move their date either I think I mean to the unless they want to get Titanfell 
Uh, they either need to move. Red Thank dead you. to rights. Huh? Very good. Yep. Good they either need they either need to find a way to get Battlefield done and out in September and just and just beat them to the punch, uh, or maybe they could still have some success by moving to like mid-November, just like get out away. I think from we're going to have a lot of games in September, though. I really do. Like. Yeah, this we're gonna get to we're gonna year. get to Tomb Raider. Like, it comes in, in by yeah, two more weeks. I think there's gonna be a ton yeah. of September releases. Like this. Forza, if if there's a whatever the Forza game is this year, which is almost certainly another Horizon because that's what the calendar tells yeah. us. That's that's traditionally been a September if release. If Crackdown gets delayed, I would guess August September. Yeah, like we've heard rumors that Spider Man's gonna be September. It's like I feel like there's gonna be a ton of stuff. Oh man! Everyone's just screwed this year. year. Just it? all games just pushed to next year. Yeah. <laughs> Get pause. out of Red Dead Redemption. Hit the pause. Way. Hit the pause button right now. <laughs> and then we're fine. Here's here's the thing though: is I, I hesitate to like you know take a guess on when Battlefield would have success versus Call of Duty versus RDR two, um, because we don't know what Battlefield is going to look like. We don't know what Call of Duty is going to look like. So like, don't we? Once, well, I mean that's fair. That's a, Don't we, that's a good point. But like, talk to me. Battlefield going in Battlefield Four going into Battlefield One. Like those are two. When I saw Battlefield One for the first time, I was like, I am buying that game. I I need to buy that game. Well, you know, it's a it's a World War Two game. Sure. There so I, I'm curious. <laughs> Battlefield V. But Call of Duty World War Two was a World War Two game, you know. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, that looks interesting. Yes. I'm not sure if I'm going to buy it day one. Um, You're right. Or, I don't think or at all enough of an influence. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying, like, once E3 comes out and we see these things, you know, Black Ops 4, if it comes out and does the exact same song and dance as mo- as, as the rest of the futuristic, uh, you know, wall jumping, wall running operators. It will sell just as well as it does it, every it, other year. It will, but you have people who are, you know, Call of Duty's been in decline for a number of years now. Like, there's fatigue for there, for sure. So I have played I, one since Modern Warfare 2, so. I think if... Whoa! It's been a while. I think wow. if Black Ops 4 comes out and it doesn't do something that really invigorates the Call of Duty franchise, or the Call of Duty player base, to be fair, less the Call of Duty player base and more the people who are on the fringe of it. Tallies. I think that you could see them just maybe pass it over for a Battlefield 1. So, you know... Depending on what they have in store is sort of key as I mean, to when they're going to go live. I, I don't know. I, w- I don't know how EA looks at it. Whether they're, I mean, of course they'd. Well, they just they, told us forget what we know. Yeah, so. yeah. They, uh, <laughs> so we're watching the trailer for. I'm sure Black EA Ops would 4. be content with having people also buy Battlefield yeah. as well as Call of Duty. But I'm sure in an ideal world, they're looking to siphon off people from Call of Duty and get them to come over and dedicate themselves. Yeah to their game and so they can sell the microtransactions and all sure. that stuff and, and I think you've I think the only way to do that this year is just you've got to ship before they do yeah. quick and, question and the goalposts got moved forward to October 12th let's try not to talk about this for too long which do you think is the better franchise Call of Duty or Battlefield the each of you I think it depends on the just, you just have it to like a real quick which just franchise I think that, that comes down to a preference because they do very different things and I generally prefer Call of Duty <laughs> okay. even though my father prefers Battlefield so I'll play Battlefield with him I prefer Battlefield I like a lot of what Battlefield does but sometimes I just need to be alone and get a lot of kills and I don't want to rely on anybody so I'll play Call of Duty Respect as, that. A, as a just confessed campaign guy it, uh, it's Call of Duty for me because Battlefield up until super recently has had very very throwaway campaigns. Yeah. So I have I have a lot of Great. really good memories from Call of Duty one, two, four, Black Ops one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Advanced Warfare was pretty good, and I liked World War Two a lot. So those the, there's some a lot of good campaign yeah, memories for me Ghosts. in Call of Duty. 
I've noticed that I skipped ghosts. right over Ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember Ghost? Because Ryan hey. forgot. I, I remember Ghost. Uh, I knew it, but 15 minutes in, I knew it was like, this is terrible. Really? Anyway, move on. Let, let, yeah, let. there is a lot of indicators there. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't really play shooters for the campaigns so much. Um, Titanfall, you know, was the obvious exception recently. Can't say Titanfall, Brandon. That's cheating. <laughs> recently. So I'm going to say neither. Now, um... <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I, I played a lot of Black Ops One multiplayer. I loved it. I hit fifteenth prestige. I had fourteen days played. I, I loved that game. I haven't played a Call of Duty even remotely close to that. You know, ravenously since uh, Battlefield One really did interesting things that I think I fell in love with. So I think I'm going Battlefield. Hmm. Fair enough. Just go higher and higher. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it could be like an interesting debate article to see what people yeah. think of it. Yeah, I think it also kind of depends on. One, your style of gameplay, of course, because I think Battlefield has a lot more tactical options. Yeah. Right, um, which is all I really care about. Right, see, then that's the thing. It's like, I just want my simplicity of, like, am I getting my kills? Am I earning my kill streaks? We good. Yeah, it's all subjective, <laughs> though, man, because when I think Call it of totally Duty... It's when so I, depends. When I think the best Call of Duty multiplayer, I think back to, you know, the years that I spent playing Black Ops, and then I think to Battlefield, I'm like, man, that's fun, too. And then I remember getting sniped from across the map four <laughs> times in a row, and I'm Bad like, company. I hate shooters in general. In 1942 and... Oh, my no. God, yeah. Man. Yeah. Bad like, company. I feel like 1942 Bad and Bad Company 2 are the reasons that I'm like... Top of the list about Bad Company had some of the best We've writing. We've taken over this show. Yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> I, I was, I, I like how I was like, let's just talk about this real quick. And now we're like, yeah. no, like okay, now let me get down involved. to the details of what this works for me, we're, what works for you. <laughs> <laughs> we're 50 minutes in and we're on our first news story. So uh, the one other thing I wanted to note here was that the Dow Jones Newswire reports that following a meeting between Activision Blizzard and its investment firm Oppenheimer, Activision is reportedly, quote, keenly aware of how other game publishers have recently benefited from releasing titles in the battle royale genre. Management remi- uh, quote, management reminded investors that the company is a faster follower. What does oh. that mean? So uh, it would seem to mean that there will be some sort of uh, or at least they're at least looking at how to adapt Call of Duty into a battle royale, sure. even if it's just a Maybe. mode within a game. And it just it, what does fast follow mean? So, it no, seems like an it insult. Just, well, a fast follow opportunity is you see something and then you jump on it to capitalize on the success of it. Yeah. But they haven't done it because it's. But yeah, they're saying them saying we're a faster follower means we're better. Uh, my interpretation means we're better equipped to do this than most other publishers yeah. or developers out there. And it just it got me thinking like just. Yeah, no. I, what could this mean? Mm. And I thought, okay, well, you have your three Call of Duty studios, uh, and Sledgehammer just shipped, and they just had what may very well end up being sort of a culture change. I mean, that they definitely have a big change in that Glenn Schofield mm-hmm. and Michael Condry have moved upstairs. The heads, into, the heads of the studio. Yeah, into uh, into Activision executive roles. So there'll be new leadership there. You know. Would I wonder if if they might pivot that studio? Just this is just me spitballing. Could they pivot that studio into into sort of becoming the Call of Duty Battle Royale studio at yeah. least for so, a little while? I, or maybe it's they'll just make it part of whatever their next game right. is. Yeah, so I'm, I'm that's curious. What I'd see it being a, an addition to what they do. Yeah. yeah. So I, I read the news story that they had they had moved upstairs, but uh, are they still you know in the creative? element of it or are they no, actually no, no they're, they're business now yeah okay but i know active blizzard like i i look through their annual presentations and they do care a lot about uh focusing on mobile as well so i wouldn't be surprised if they make a call of duty royale mobile 
I mean, Fort, Fortnite and Fortnite are just, yeah, just blowing up already over that. So. Well, Fortnite just released their mobile version as well, right. or, or announced. PUBG's it. got like sure millions of signups, and it hasn't started yet. I think, but um, well, especially when you look at like th- these uh, these t- types of mobile games are enormous in China. Yeah. yeah, and Call of Duty does. There is there is a thing called Call of Duty Online in China. In China, it's been yeah. running for years. I mean, even it's, PUBG's and all. I mean, it's run by Tencent, which I mean, you know, what isn't? But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're the. I don't even. I think they're. The, I think they're equivalent? the. I think they're the largest in the world. Yeah, I like, think. Really? Yeah, I believe. I might be wrong, but I believe Probably. they are the largest publisher distributor. Whatever, what have you? But keep, so keep an eye on maybe the next year or two. If we maybe we'll hear something about mm-hmm. about Call of Duty dipping its toe in the battle royale genre one way. Yeah. Or another. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they lift some sort of aspect of that. I mean, if you look at Infinite Warfare, um, their classes kind of felt like what you you see in hero shooters with like having ultimate mm-hmm. abilities. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't be surprising if they try to lift something to see how it could work in their formula already. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next up this week, there was a, an inter, uh, internet rumor that we reported on. Not even a rumor. I mean, it's there was a, a listing that appeared on Amazon Canada's page for Splinter Cell 2018. Now, now take it easy. <laughs> Hold just have a have breathe. a defibrillator. I know it's right down the hall, <laughs> but you we might do have just, one. Just go get it and bring it in and here. And an EpiPen and maybe some <laughs> smelling salt. Yeah, maybe. But so that that showed up with nothing, no other information, nothing else on it. It has, of course, since been taken down. But it has led to rampant speculation that hey, why would that appear out of nowhere? It's either uh, a harbinger for a real thing, or it's some product or engineering guy at Amazon Canada who's just trolling everyone and mm-hmm. having a good time, which is entirely possible in this day and age. Right. Amazon's but leaked things before, though, so. That's the thing. Uh, uh, I mean, they have, a long, three announcement they have a me. long history. It's from us. Shadow of War got leaked like a day before <laughs> yeah. the announcement, yeah. So I, I'm sort of trying my best not to get excited for this because this is, good. This is not concrete evidence. Uh, also, if it were real, I'd want to know what it is before getting super excited about it because I don't want Splinter Cell to turn into <laughs> Welcome to Ubisoft Splinter Cell Mobile Battle Royale game. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on while I vomit repeatedly. Yeah, I mean, I don't want it to turn into like uh hop from from Com Tower to Com Tower and scout out. Oh yeah. You know, I don't want to see it become sort of Get thrown in the genre blender that that Ubisoft, for as creative as as many of their games are, is they they are also guilty of kind of there are themes of 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 their games can be similar in a lot of ways. Uh, they they can share a lot of gameplay similarities, and that's to me not at all what Splinter Cell is about. As we look at some footage from <laughs> well, Splinter Cell Black, I have so I, 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 I have no idea what the game is going to be, but I 100 percent believe this is true. Yeah. I 100% believe that this is a game that exists. I actually do as well. I mean, I, what else is coming out this year from Ubisoft? Yeah. We, like, we through a pipeline of things that I can't be like, I definitely heard it, but like this is a thing that I had heard through people before this happened, and it was like, just it all adds up. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, Ubisoft is making a transition to sort of a games-as-service model that's done really well for them, and to their great credit, they have supported these games really well, but... You know, at some point they have to announce something new, right? Yeah. We know Skull of Bones is. I, we haven't heard from it. Oh, right. No, we haven't heard from it since it. E3. Yeah. South Park is out. Uh, mm-hmm. Far Cry will be out. Right. 
like For Honor and Rainbow Six Siege are doing there, their there thing. There may be another Assassin's Creed, what is it, like a side type thing. This yeah, fall. they said yeah. they wanted to support Origins for longer rather than right. Right. releasing. I think they, I, I don't know if they are, but it, it sounds like they're going to not necessarily an annual cadence with now, Assassins anymore. <clears throat> I just want Rainbow Six Vegas 3. But I, I mean, optimistically, what I would say is, even though I just got done saying that Ubisoft can be guilty of just throwing games uh, into a genre blender, I think that where it makes sense, they have also been really good at focusing a game to its strengths. And, and I think look no further than Rainbow Six Siege for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a game that's, it, it is it is a very, it is definitely not anything like anything else in the Ubisoft catalog. Right. And Well, it's a lot like For Honor now because they use the Rainbow Six Siege like playbook and just slapped it onto For Honor. Right. Well, that's a different story, yeah. but... Um, yeah, I mean, I just I need this game if it's going to exist to be a. Core. I was talking about this with uh, with Brendan Graber in the office yesterday. I need okay. this to be a pure stealth game, uh, not a an action game that happens to have stealth elements right. in it, which is what sort of what Conviction was, and then tank, thankfully Blacklist walked that back a little bit. It still had some action-y stuff in it, but you could play it and be rewarded for playing it pure in a pure that's stealth imagine, way. That's what I imagine they'll do because it is hard to market something as just stealth. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, and I get that, and they're trying to appeal to broad audiences, and I imagine it'll be like Blacklist, but I'm, yeah, they, they just have to have a campaign, and I'm sure they will. I'm curious where you guys landed on Spies versus Mercs. The, in general or the most recent one? Oh, well, either way. I mean, in general, I think it's one of the most unique and brilliant multiplayer modes in in anywhere in gaming, where you have first-person perspective, slower, armed mercenaries hunting third-person perspective, nimble, non-lethal spies mm-hmm. and trying to compete for an objective. It's it's incredible. I've, I've spent hundreds of hours in that okay. mode oh, so you're, <laughs> over the years. I did not play I mean, that much. So you're on the side of it then. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, Pandora Tomorrow is what introduced it, and it was incredible and then it refined it in uh in chaos theory and then uh the the blacklist version didn't quite do it for me it was there was something about it that just didn't didn't quite feel as good but yeah i'd be i would i would assume that a new splinter cell game would have a spies versus mercs mode in it that they could loot box monetize so that's some way to monetize that's where i'm at too like if they include this we see ubisoft making really aggressive moves moves toward their multiplayer suites in their online games and i i don't know if having so much emphasis on a spies versus mercs mode in a splinter cell would dilute the you know the rest of the game or if maybe that's it's just spies versus well no mercs. because so uh spies versus mercs i was just talking about this with somebody this morning uh, Spies versus Mercs always all three iterations of it in the mm-hmm. three games I just mentioned has uh, that is a Ubisoft Montpellier project. Okay. They invented it. They uh, they uh, uh, it's their thing, and the campaign is always done separately. Separately, right? Yeah, whether it's Montreal or or whomever it's been. So um, Toronto and Shanghai have been the three developers that have right. made Splinter Cell single player campaigns. So I yeah, just, we'll see. I mean, I, what I want is for those three green lights to turn on on, on yeah. Ubisoft Sam, stage Sam to hear Michael Ironside's yeah. voice and for the and I want I mean I guess ideally it would be Chaos Theory two where it follows that same sort of gameplay model where it's it's a it's one 
giant playground mission space with an objective, but you can do it in a million different ways. Hmm. So it's not an open world game, but more like an open mission Arena, yeah, sort game, of. which is how Chaos Theory was built. But um, even if it's not literally Chaos Theory 2, because it's like the story, who cares? That story, that's the one weakness of that game is it had a completely forgettable story. But uh, just it's got to be it's got to be Ironside and it's got to be a, I have to be able to play it in a core stealth way. Does yeah. it have to be an Xbox exclusive? No, not, not I didn't think so either. I think that ship sailed. I mean, but it's Blacklist was right. No, it wasn't. No, Conviction was. Uh, it was a cons- was the console exclusive. It came out on PC as well. Right. But then, yeah, Blacklist was just a straight multi-platform release. Huh. Splinter Cell's always been, um, not that it's sold poorly, but it's it's been sort of the least commercially successful of the Clancy, like the, yeah. the yeah. Rainbow Six and right. Ghost Recon. So I can't see in this day and age with game I th- budgets I think being so too, but I wasn't what sure they if are. Would be, but I mean, I'm sure that Microsoft would try really hard to get they should. it. So. They should, sure. But, I mean, it, yeah, it I is. Think it has to be. I think it is fair to say, to your point, that Splinter Cell is a franchise that is associated. Well, with that's that. why I probably like. I think it was before I was in the industry. Oh no, no, mm-hmm. I was because I got a review copy. But um, I like at the time, guess I even just assumed that Blacklist was Xbox exclusive because it was marketed that way. You know, like in the same way, some people thought Destiny Two was PS4 yeah. exclusive because well, that's what they saw. You know, one, the marketing two, deals. Yeah. yeah, one, two, and three. Uh, one Pandora Tomorrow Chaos Theory were all right. Xbox right. original. I still Xbox have exclusive. those original cases, and they were ported later to PS2 and other platforms. But then, uh, yeah, and then Double Agent. I actually can't remember I if think Double, Double Agent, Agent was exclusive as well. well but I think it came, yeah, it came out eventually. Yeah, I think you might be right. But then, yeah, Conviction. They basically all have come out on Xbox first, yeah. up until Blacklist. Yeah. Hmm. So we'll see, but I, the last dude, the the not Michael Ironside, mm-hmm. it's not that he was bad. He was just blind. Just he's just different. Just not, <laughs> it's just not the same. I just didn't man, think he brought anything into the role. Oh God, it was what? just a he, like you could have got cast ten thousand other guys. What in was that role. what was the name of the dude that they swapped uh, Snake for? That's the that's oh. the one that I always think of oh. as the most. Well, that wasn't that. Uh, yeah, what's Kiefer his name? Sutherland. Yeah, was, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. I always think Dennis Quaid. I'm like, that's not it, but. <laughs> Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. So, yeah. like, uh, the three green lights come on, and you hear Kiefer Sutherland's gravelly voice come across, say like, "It's good to be back" or something like that. What what goes through your head in that instant moment? conflict in my mind? Okay. Like, oh my God! Yes, but Splinter Cell. But you just uh, you just like laugh, cry hysterically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm okay with Kiefer Sutherland as a, uh, Sutherland as a voice actor. I'm all right with it. Well, sure. Again, I. But it's, it's the nostalgia. Yeah. He's, he is Sam. He is and. Don't try to retcon this and make it not Sam. It's like if they had Marcus Phoenix not be that voice actor. What's his name? Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. If they had him like be replaced and also Jake the dog. Yeah. He's a really good dude. Very talented person. Yeah, incredibly. Mm -hmm. Um, I would be super weird about that. That would be like one that I would be like, no. Yeah. That's like off limits. The the one thing I could see them doing, uh, doing it as sort of a reboot where it's a new agent but if if that is the with a new actor obviously a voice actor but if that's the case ironside has to be in the in the lambert role he's got to be talking to you in your ear uh just just transition me just give me a give me a bridge to the future the way that gear i mean gears is does it in such a great way where they're in there like the yeah you know you're playing as the new generation but (laughs) <laughs> You're right there with Marcus and Dom. So yeah, and the DBs and yeah, they did such a great job of of sort of handing off Gears of War to the new generation. And Splinter Cell for me would need well, to do that. Dom's I, not there, but you guys think it's a bigger well, right. You guys think it's a bigger <laughs> offense to get a new yeah, voice actor who <laughs> sounds similar to the old voice actor, or just Stop completely it. goes away? 
What? Brian's no. just gonna go home and cry now. Yeah. You're just bullying him at this point. I'm not bullying. I'm genuinely like, in th- like I love to see how your mind works about this. I stuff think it's because more you have so annoying much nostalgia for something I've never played. If it's close and they try to make it sound the same, it's worse. Okay, it's very much worse. Yeah. Yep, that's, this happens yeah. all the time in anime. Yeah, I have a lot yeah. of no. I, Michael Ironside is very distinctive <laughs> after the show. All right, uh, uh, maybe not even that. Are we crying? You can we've just teased, rage over. <laughs> we've teased this a couple times. Now let's talk a little more Tomb Raider. This time on the video game front, yeah. uh, we've known about Shadow of the Tomb Raider for a while. Mm-hmm. They had there. There was the the leak thing from the person sitting behind the other person on the subway. Yeah, taking yeah. a picture of the laptop. This is fantastic. To so uh, the the uh, Twitter tease where each first letter of the sentence spelled out Shadow, and now uh, we have another. Well, not that the shadow the shadow thing was deliberate. Right. The other thing was an accident. This is kind of a, a dumb mistake by a web developer that's probably fired or at least heavily reprimanded at this point. Uh, there is a countdown timer on the Tomb Raider website right now uh, that is counting down to I think tomorrow as we record yeah, this. It is tomorrow. But probably it'll happen by the time you most of you hear it. But uh, there were the, it's counting down to an announcement. But intrepid folks just looked at the source code for the web page. It's all right there. September 14th for PS4, Xbox One, and PC brings us Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which, as the source code notes in the tagline, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is the climactic finale of Lara's origin story. Whoa. Really leaves a lot open. And then we move into the mid-story. But but now that we're done with telling her beginnings, we can move on. I did see someone tweet about saying how cool it would be if you could have like a Lara Croft story where she's like 40 years old, like Snake. And that would be cool as hell. Wouldn't it be awesome to have her be gruff and old? Like I would love that. But I think I said last week that I thought this was going to be announced during South by Southwest. Technically it is. I think you did. Also, which was a total gamble. (laughs) Yeah. But technically uh, it is. In a... 40-year-old Lara, can we get Laura Dern to play her? Ooh, How great yeah. would that be? Whoa. That'd be good. Right? Yes. On board. Yeah. Yeah, that's Laura awesome. Dern. Anyway. But yeah, worth noting, this is not coming to Xbox first this time, which I don't think is surprising anyone. So. How fitting, though, that the release date is revealed in a similar way for a game that was revealed, revealed yeah. on a subway I train. I feel bad for them. Yeah. Hey, that's, yeah. That's, that sucks. That's a tough... I mean, what you know? These ones are almost their own fault, though. Like for in both cases, you know, like maybe don't talk about an exclusive yeah. title on a public train. I don't know. And this yeah. isn't this isn't Crystal D, is it? No, it's, it's not. Uh, allegedly uh, Idos Montreal, the Thief twenty fourteen slash Deus Ex team. Yeah. Although uh, I would believe it to be the Thief team. I think we've talked about this yeah. before because. Uh, they had only just wrapped Deus Ex Mankind. That game had some really cool puzzles, year. actually. Yeah. That was like, yeah. I those are both. I have a weird affinity for that game where I, I, I like it, but I know that it's not very good, but I still really enjoyed it because I hadn't been a thief for so long. Mm-hmm. Again, going back, you can like stuff that's not good. It's totally it's fine. True. <laughs> it's true. I think as long as you can recognize what it doesn't work with yeah. it, then that's totally fine. It's a fun exercise yeah, to do when it. you're playing a video game. Ask yourself, why do I like this? Why don't I like this? A lot of people don't do that. I think but it's easier thinking. if you don't, though. Yeah. <laughs> In some cases, that's you're true. like, sometimes not okay. think about it. Um, now I I can't not see it. My favorite game is Deadly Premonition, which is objectively terrible. But in, in this case, like they they made really cool puzzles in Thief. Um, I remember the one room where you're like trying to uncover this big box. It's like it was the kind of puzzles that I would want from a Tomb Raider, basically. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're a good team to do it. Also, it makes me hope that it's going to have some more stealth horror stuff in it. Yeah, I just want the gameplay to feel different enough from the other two. Ultimately, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I mean, Rise was again. I 
said it, I say this every time it game. comes up. I voted for it for IGN's Game of the Year in 2015. Wow. Didn't win, but uh, I thought it was that good. Game. I thought it was just the, it was the best game I played that year, just start to finish, top to bottom. There was it was it was just phenomenal. So um, it's. It's a lot for IDOS Montreal to live up to. Yeah, I really hope it's great because I will undoubtedly be doing the wiki for it. So R.I.P. I'm going to spend Sorry a ton in of time advance. in it. They have so many no, collectibles. They're, really, they're fun. Yeah, as long as it's just not bloated like Rise was, then yeah. it'll be a good time. Oh, Rise oh, was artificially. Oh, my gosh. There's so much to collect. Yeah, even the first one. It was just like Ooh. I went for the achievement and then was like, you know what? Yeah, it's gonna take too long. Never mind. <laughs> I did the same with the first game. I yeah. played a little bit of Rise, but like didn't didn't really follow through. I think you can oh. pretty much guarantee that, that Shadow of the Tomb Raider is going to look incredible on the Xbox yes. One X For because sure. the Rise, you know, they went back and have have updated it after it wasn't even developed with it in mind, and just the the post release enhancements. Mm. It's it's an incredible looking game. So this should look the production value should be incredible on this and. I think we have to agree, right, that, that September 14th, really smart move on mm-hmm. Square's part here. Yeah. Just not, just again, trying to get out in front of this holiday season a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Still think there's going to be tons in September that we don't know about, but yeah, we'll see who wins. Yeah. It's just nice to get some dates, like official dates out there for fall. <laughs> Even we just didn't have that leak. much beforehand. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, they're going to announce it pretty soon, officially anyway. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, yes. so. Yeah. All right, Microsoft's uh, announcing their E3 plans. They've got some big plans. They're calling it their biggest E3 ever, which, of course, has sent the fanboys into a frenzy. Which, of course, they say every year. They say every year, and I want to caution people. They're they're not only just hyping, but I'm not to say they're going to have a bad E3, but I just want to just rein people in a little bit. They're speaking very literally because they have... The yeah. booth, <laughs> That's and right. they're having this big presence at the Microsoft Theater yeah. across the street slash next door. So they're they're speaking very physically. It's a very yeah. marketingy kind of like they are not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but I just <laughs> want no. We're just talking about size. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily our largest <laughs> square footage ever <laughs> doesn't mean they're going to announce no. five hundred games at E three. Maybe they will, but yeah. just just yeah. settle. I just want to caution people to settle down a little bit before getting too. Overhyped. You don't want to do know, that. This is. I am overhyped for this one probably am, though because yeah. this is the first year since the launch of the Xbox One that I've been like, we gonna get some exclusives. We yeah, gonna get I think a lot this of is gonna be the one we're gonna see a lot of. Yeah, me too. So I, that means we are overhyped. I think I Halo. Think it, I mean, I think it's just Six. time. It's just it's, time. It's, time. For it, it's perfect. It's, yeah, it's it exactly right. time. If you look at the narrative where Microsoft was trailing Sony in the exclusive department, and everyone's like, you got to go out and either contract or buy studios or find some people to make games, like. Now's around the time we might start seeing well, at the start, one or I don't two think of those. You know? The idea was that they they didn't want to play the exclusive game, so they weren't focusing on it. They were focusing right. on services more than anything. Yep. And you know, we've got backwards compatibility. Xbox Live is incredible. Game Pass is incredible. They've done a good job with those services, mm-hmm. but I think it like kind of caught up to them. That the they were like, oh, we need it, yeah. the exclusives, and it, it takes that many years for them to get them. Yep. So yep. I'm thinking that we'll this time, might be it. But that means we're overexcited. I know. I know. I, but well, I still am. Well, fangirl about. I mean, this I'm later, always but. very excited for E3 generally no matter what it is I'm just looking forward to seeing what people want to bring and that's just what I always feel going into it and sometimes let down but generally it's just nice to see how other people react as well it's just like I may not care about this announcement but I'm glad you're excited to see it Mm -hmm. we've been talking about this for a while but I'll say I we do think that this is they're gonna go guns blazing this year because they, you know, their backs have been up against the wall as far as the, you know, first party game situation, and they've got a lot in the pipe. You know, they they can come out swinging with Halo Six, 
with Ori and the Will of the Wisps, uh, with uh, potentially, I think they could even very lightly tier, t- tease Gears 5. Mm. Maybe, yeah. This, this one. I, I even think that more so next year. Well, I think it'll, that'll be the Gears year, the but I also, I, I'll go even so far as to say, especially after the, the leaks, I think we could even get that CG, like logo only music yeah, yeah, yeah. fable teaser. You, yeah. you, before you even said it, I started to get goosebumps because I was like, <laughs> oh, I want that so bad. That's a little bit of that, like, fairy tale fable. music. And then, well, yeah, if maybe they do perfect doc as well, then I'm yeah, just going to be like, all right, best C3 ever. We're good. But, right. yeah. you know, I also really want new IP. I want, in the same way that original recall trailer was, I yep. want them to, you know, look at Horizon Zero Dawn's success and be like, okay, we can make a single player only long campaign game and have it sell really well. I, I hope totally that we get one of those. Well, right. that's Fable in th- three or four years. You're, you're totally right, but new IP also. Looking, <laughs> right, it's yeah. like, we, we always want those. It's like, we still so many sequels and we're so excited for them. And I remember going through every E3 list in the wiki and being like, oh, look at all these sequels we got announced. Yeah. And that's so cool because like, we love these games and we want to see them return. But at the same time, like you're craving that new thing and like having Horizon last year was was really cool to have like yes. and I that hope that it fuels a lot of people else. to be like no we can do this they yeah I mean there's there's a lot and it, obviously it's a big risk mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean, just look at Recore but True. at the same time it's it's a risk that we need them to take sometimes Recore looked so cool yeah, I wanted it to be Jet Force Gemini it's just like it I, I feel like in my head I thought it was AAA and then it wasn't yeah was, well that's exactly it I mean the ideas were there just it, to me that game and I know I'm not a game developer I'm not a game publisher but it just Looking at it, I could see the lack of money yeah. on the screen. Like it just seemed like if it had had another, you know, a much bigger budget and maybe even a, a bit more time, that it could have gotten right. to that. The next teaser level. trailer was awesome. Like I really liked the vibe from it. I, I enjoyed parts of it, but yeah, I think you're totally right that it, it ultimately ended up feeling arcadey. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it's like seeing that they didn't want it to be AAA ultimately, or they yeah. didn't want to invest. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is the year for it. Like this is what they need to. They need that big wow moment that you know. I mean, I was in the room for last year's Xbox conference, and it was, you know, Dead Rising and uh, uh, Forza, and, you know, you had all these games, like Miranda was saying, lots of sequels and lots of continuations. But God, like, I, I just want, I want the lights to go out, and I want something to come on screen, and to not know what it is. And then at the end of it, you remember the Anthem reveal? We were like, what is this? This is cool. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, when it was over, it was like, oh, new IP. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really hoping for that for Microsoft. And if last year was about the hardware and building a foundation, this year should seemingly be about the software and building so. the house. So uh, their press conference will be, mark your calendar, Sunday, June 10th, 1 p.m. Pacific. If you want to know what time that is in your time zone, Google it. Uh, Probably have it on the wiki here soon, if it's not already there. There you go. <laughs> they are moving, by the way, yeah, not baby. that this is particular relevance to, to anybody, unless you're actually going to E3 to... to uh, Get in on Microsoft's E3, which you will have the opportunity to do this year, as you did last year. Square They're moving move. from uh, the Galen Center at USC to, appropriately, the Microsoft <laughs> Theater, yeah, which I, is adjacent to uh, the Convention Center and the Staples Center there at LA Live. Is that new in the LA Live area? It, it used, used to, to be, be the Nokia Theater? Right, and yeah. Microsoft okay. bought Nokia. Yeah. Right, and yeah. They a, lo- a, a number of years ago, but yes. Yeah. Hold up. Y'all call that Nokia? 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 I just call it Nokia. I think I say I, I say Nokia. Say no, no, we, we're we're nose over here in the yeah. we, in the no to part Nokia. of the world. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> like what's wrong with Kias? It's a perfectly fine call. It, it is yeah, yeah, very reliable, Korean yeah. and reliable, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. Anyway, <laughs> I'm um, very confused. 
So along with the press conference, the Microsoft Theater will also host various Xbox Fan Fest activities, hands-on gameplay and demos for attendees, and more throughout E3. Microsoft promises this new venue will allow the company to, quote, include even more fans and partners in the Xbox E3 2018 briefing than ever before. So so the people getting out of the convention center just keeps on continuing. Man, yeah, except they're still in. Be well, Mixa is going to have a booth there. Yeah, which be cool. their their space is still there. Yeah, they're just not using it uh, seemingly for Xbox games. They're or, I it's, or it's Mixer. St- I don't. It's going to be it. it's going to be Mixer dedicated, so you can yeah. go and go hands on, and you can stream right, and all that. Idea. So they're going to have. I can't stri- imagine they'll use the whole of this space that they normally have for a Mixa booth. Maybe it'll be like a 50-50. Well, I, I believe that every station probably is going to have mixer integration, right? Just, I would believe Just that. thinking about how, how it's yeah. set up in the past, um, I don't know if that means it'll be less booths for people to go hands-on with well, or I mean, EA's, or if the theater will be the hands-on EA's location. EA's off-site, off-site. Like they're all just like spreading out and getting out of the convention center yeah. as Very the fans are getting E3 into the convention adjacent. center. <laughs> weird. Yeah, that's strange. I now the way you put that's I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're totally right. Yeah. Uh, all right. A couple more stories. We are running very long on time here. Uh, the former Halo 4 creative director, who was also the oh. studio head on Halo 5, uh, his that's of course being Josh Holmes. He left a while back and is now a new studio and a new project that he's announced along with his new team. It's called Scavengers. The, the multiplayer survival shooter comes from Midwinter Entertainment and features similar elements from Halo 5's Warzone mode. Scavengers is utilizing the Unreal Engine and a cloud-based platform, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Holmes says, quote, when we introduced Warzone in Halo 5, it represented the pinnacle of blended PvE slash PvP. Now we have the ability to push the boundaries of coopetition gameplay in scavengers mm-hmm. with teams of players competing as armies of smart AI move intelligently across the map, hunting down players and each other. It's set in the near future during a new ice age, uh, appropriate for a studio named Midwinter, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they say the multiplayer game will mix exploration, survival, and combat. That means each game will see you fighting and teaming up with other humans, picking up resources and facing off against various AI foes. In fact, there will be, quote, hundreds of free-roaming and highly sophisticated AI enemies with distinct factions, weapons, and behaviors. So it's Interesting. Like, I'm Z on crack. Yeah. Well, I was As thinking. We look at Halo I really like Warzone. Warzone. I was thinking. It, it feels. It sounds very similar to like uh, Destiny's um, uh, open exploration modes. But, you know, with other teams jumping in. You well, can be, all just because of battle royale, that's kind of what I was assuming was that they'll make it Daisy or H1Z1, but but not zombies. So it's still like an open world survival thing that's mm. battle royale ish, but not. But it doesn't say that explicitly. No. Just assuming. I don't know. I the coin they ter- the the term that they coined was coopetition. Yeah. I think it is, which is super cute. Um, <laughs> But I don't. I don't know. I, I I get Destiny vibes from it. I watched. I watched their little doc, their vid doc, and it it seems cool. It looks Sounds interesting. Cool. I'm yeah. Interested. We'll be keeping an eye on this one for sure. <clears throat> hey, let's talk a little more Sea of Thieves because we do that almost every week, <laughs> much to the delight of me. <laughs> <clears throat> Rare is giving away actual golden bananas. If you've played in any of the betas, you know that you eat bananas for health. Well, they're giving away golden bananas to promote Sea of Thieves. It's going to be a global digital treasure hunt called The Quest, where participants have a chance to win one of four real UK hallmarked 18-carat golden bananas. Incredible. So cool. <laughs> uh, Logan, uh, pardon me, London Goldsmith, Smith & Harris, 
has crafted four golden bananas, each valued at 20,000 pounds, which is about $30,000 at the uh, present exchange rate. And modeled after the health item in Sea of Thieves, the quest will begin this coming Monday, March 19th, pardon me, at 1 p.m. You're going to have to take over, Brandon. 1 a.m. PT. (laughs) Somebody has to take over. With the release of a riddle. Yes. We'll we'll just, yeah. Jeez. Uh, there are a total of 15 riddles to solve with a new clue released every three to four hours over three days. Then on Wednesday, March 21st, participants will have seven hours to submit their answers to the riddles. The riddles will be scattered online and across various real-world locations, including London, UK, Key West, Florida, Sydney, Australia, Paris, France, Berlin, Germany, and Victoria, Canada. Uh, the clues can be found digitally as well. The first team from each eligible country, U.S., Canada, U.K., France, Germany, and Australia, to answer the riddles correctly will then move on to the semifinals and answer one final riddle on March 22nd. Can uh, we get an expense trip to uh, all, all of, of these, these places? places? So, well, uh, Key West would be great this time of year. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that would be... I, I feel like they're all feel great down places. In Florida. All of yeah. these places are places I like. I'm down to go to any of these places, <laughs> especially Paris. Yeah. It's still, the weather's still nice in Australia right now, right? Has Summer it? It's there. warm, yeah. Yeah. Getting cooler, so it's probably nice right now. I've never been. I'm, I need an excuse. Yeah. Go pack Let's go. Uh, it's a good place. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I believe you. It's pretty great. <clears throat> My allergies are just relentlessly congested. So this is awesome. This is yeah, not good today. No. We probably can't do it as cool as it would be to shoot like a us trying to go on the hunt thing. But I mean, we, okay. lit- yeah. we literally have an office in every one of these countries. <laughs> we do. What's that CBS in Germany? Or where they go around There's the world? There's an IG in Germany. There's an IG in Germany, I think. Uh, oh, well, um, technically, yes. Not yeah, part that reality part show. Yeah. Was wasn't it the same Amazing one? Grace? That, no, no, no. Yeah, that one. Oh. What, the one uh, that um, the, the, the rooster teeth people were on. Oh, yeah, yeah that's that Bernie Grace. and, and Amaz- Ashley Amazing were on. Oh, I had Amazing no idea they were yeah. on that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Last season, I think there was a YouTuber version. Oh. Yeah, there was. Of course, there was. Yeah, they had they had influencers on, huh. and they were on there. Did they? I don't think they won. Did they, they did not win. No. Who won? I R.I.P. I don't know. I think it was some models or something. Hmm. I don't know. But uh, this sounds cool as hell. It would be cool to, to film it. And I'm sure we'll try and cover this as best we can, but we don't know exactly what it means right now. But I love this. I think this is awesome and very exciting. And I can't wait to see who wins. It's very Excellent. fun. Well, I'm going to skip the rest of uh, these few other news bits because we're just so Sorry, long on yes. time here. Nothing nothing else major in the news. Uh, Pillars of Eternity to Deadfire oh, pushback oh. from April 3rd to May 8th. We got to talk about this. You want to? All right, we'll do the. Okay, Entertainment well, Weekly reports that Jeff Goldblum will return. <laughs> As Dr. Ian Malcolm, <laughs> you just wanted to do that. Yeah, I did. It's pretty cool. Uh, he's going to uh, be play Dr. Malcolm in Jurassic World Evolution, the park management sim that's coming out. I believe that's out in June alongside the film. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, of yeah. course, for park Xbox One yeah. platforms. Those are fun. Goldblum says, quote, I am going to be with you the whole game as Dr. Ian Malcolm. That's the character kind of a weird that I way play. To say. Yeah, I know. Well, he's an interesting guy. He's a yeah. cool guy. I love him. Yeah. So the character good. I play in those Jurassic Park movies. I highly recommend it. It gets 10 gold blooms out of a possible 10 gold blooms. That's my highest rating. Go watch him deliver <laughs> these lines. Like, go watch go watch the little teaser. It's I, fantastic. I can't do it justice. Uh, yeah, it seems like he's probably either going to be the narrator yeah. or some sort of, like, it won't be... Game guide or... Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be a VO. Total, Total War has got a guy that talks to you the entire game. I'm going to play it. the hell out of this game. Yeah, me too, man. Ugh. I cannot wait to f- I, grow some dinos. I very, dinos. very much want this game to be good because I appreciate that it's not 
just a like a generic action game. Yeah, that it's actually look at, look at that beauty a, shot. A strategy. Have I told That's you guys before how much of a monster I turned into playing Zoo Tycoon on Xbox One? Oh, I can imagine you. Yeah, I became a monster because I was hunting the achievements, and it was actually a pretty fun game to achievement hunt in. But you have to like breed animals, and I would be like, "Why aren't you mating?" <laughs> and I was just like sitting there, like you too, them breed, no. like putting them in the right pen, <laughs> literally just selling them off if they weren't breeding and buying. Oh. Anyone. I turned into this crazy person because I was like, "I need these achievements." You were. <laughs> Zoo Tycoon pimp. I was, I was, and I was like very frustrated. And sometimes I'd be like, "Oh, they're related. Damn it!" And he's just like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." It was you got to, you got to do your research. It's pretty, oh, it's pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is so fun. Park management stuff. Just those kind of simulation games are just. Yeah so satisfying to just dig into and relax with as well unless you're going the Alana route oh, I'm totally gonna very achievement hunt it. in it again I lo- they're like my favorite games to achievement hunt in is like management sims yeah, like it's just so good. much fun well yeah. if, if the game's bad the review strap line writes itself that's go well, on that is one big pile of shit <laughs> but hopefully it won't be oh but I, I, I really do want this it looks cool good. if it's good you could say spared no expense all right. Well, it's not a. They can't all be winners. I'll bet we could find something from yeah. the film, though. To I'm sure we plug could. In there. I'm sure we could. All right. Uh, that's it for the news this week. So much. Alana Pierce. I don't have my attached sheet. I forgot. I'll go get it while you oh, do marketplace report. Uh, marketplace report. March games with gold. We still have Trials of the Blood Dragon March first, two thirty first on Xbox One. Super hot. Super hot. Thank you. Like I, I paused for super hot. Uh, March 16 to April 15 on Xbox One. Brave, March 1st to 15 on Xbox One and Xbox 360. So that one's almost over. These are the exact same as last week. Yeah. And then Quantum Conundrum, March 16 to 31 on Xbox One and Xbox 360. Um, Super Hot continues to be awesome. I think I gave that a 7.5, and that's one of my regrets. I think I scored that game too low, mm. which is like a thing that I feel like everyone has. It's like, I overlooked it. Quantum Conundrum's awesome, though. Yeah. No changes, but good games. Yeah. All continue Just don't forget to, be to download those games before, before you they're gone. Them anymore. Or and just, I totally know the answer to the trivia question. Do you really? I totally do. I, I've narrowed it down to two. Not. Okay. I feel like I, I know this one. Like I've heard it before, but... Lots of stuff out I'm this week. I'm not confident. Uh, stuff we have out this week, thank you, Ryan, is Beast Quest, March 13. It's up to you to save the kingdom of Avantia in Beast Quest. It's an Avantia. action-packed fantasy adventure. Uh, Pure Farming 2018 explains itself. Devil May Cry HD Collection, March 13. That's pretty awesome. Um, Another remaster from Capcom. Doesn't it must be Tuesday. DMC. Well, maybe that means there's a new Devil May Cry on the way. I hope so. The Council Episode 1, The Mad Ones. That's a unique take on the classic narrative adventure game. That's oh, cool. actually, wait a minute. You might be onto something there because they added a Devil May Cry outfit to Monster Hunter this week. Yeah, I would bet money that we get a new Devil May Cry. And they added a monster called Devil Joe, so... Unrelated, he's been in the series for a while, but... Yeah, just lots of devils. There's lots of devils. <laughs> the what devil appeared again? Um, the Raven Remastered, March 13, London, 1964. Oh, I'm already on board. Constable Anton Jacob Zellner finds himself in the middle of a murder mystery. All right, playing the hell out of that. Um, QUBE2, you're Amelia Cross, a stranded archaeologist. Cube? Cube? It's, I mean, Yeah. Quebec. Yeah. Quebec. I like that. Uh, <laughs> sounds Lara Crofty. Spiral Platter, March 13, problem solving. You got puzzles. The Long Reach, March 14, is a thrilling horror adventure game. Also on board. Uh, Surviving Mars, March 15, which is Xbox One enhanced. Mm-hmm. I, have to, I actually played that. Mars. looks real cool. Yeah. If you like uh, city builders, check it out. Uh, Burnout Paradise Remastered. Sorry, Ryan. March 16th. <laughs> Hold on. Did you say Burnout 3 Takedown Remastered, Alana? <laughs> no. I did not. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, Tesla vs. Lovecraft. What? 
Uh, Mod 16, <laughs> Xbox One X enhanced. Is it? It's a boxing game where it's Nikola Tesla just it's and H.P. Lovecraft oh. just fighting. No, I'm kidding. It's no, a showdown I of epic not, proportions. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Seems like a. It's a maybe a shooter. Local call up up to four players. Oh, he probably like has electricity guns and fights Lovecraftian monsters. Kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. Cool. But it being local call up for up to four players sounds cool. Uh, Vicious Attack Llama Apocalypse, otherwise known as VALA. <laughs> it's March 16. Take control of an endless supply of mechs to fight off the llama hordes and defeat the llama. Oh, the llamas! Wow, a lot of these games sound great. <laughs> we work in a real weird industry. <laughs> I love that. Um, that's it. Creativity. Yeah. Excellent. All right, let's do trivia real quick here. Mm-hmm. So we've got right. Patrick, whose gamer tag is Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. He asks, on the original Xbox dashboard, mm. there was an ambient noise playing in the background. Uh, um, well, I've listened to probably thousands of hours of yeah. that because we would just, at OXM, we'd just have the, they'd just be on all the time. It'd just be sitting there. Uh, the ambient noises were modified audio recordings of what? <clears throat> was it A, public NASA transmissions, B, a coffee shop in New York, C, a local restaurant in Alpine, Texas, or D, declassified FBI surveillance recordings. Who thinks they know it? I totally know it. You totally know it? Do you know it? I know what they sound like, so I have a guess. What does it sound like? I, I don't want to do it try. because I don't. <laughs> oh, true. All right, I'll go Miranda's I don't way want to make it. <laughs> mm, this one I might completely. No, it doesn't sound on. like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said I wasn't assuming. Anyway, um, I think I'm just going to go with C because I'm from Texas. Okay. Hey. That's All right. my reasoning. Uh, Brandon, I'll go your way now. <laughs> okay, so it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty, pretty much spot on. I think it was. I, I'm leaning more towards A or D, but I'm just going to go with C because it's, it's been a while since I've chose C. So I feel like getting your hands on declassified FBI surveillance recordings is probably harder than just going to NASA.gov and finding public transmissions. So I'm going to go with A. Okay. It's A. It is, in fact, All right. Yeah, they're Texas, you let me down. <laughs> you let me down, Texas. All right. Well, that means we have Miranda tie. Actually, no, we have a three-way tie. Ooh. Ooh. It is four to four to four. Damn. Oh, it happened finally. It got exciting. We're building suspense. For it's the only the March, friends. Yeah, oh, gosh. Well, we do so have a long way to go. We all, we all also travel a lot for our jobs. I am, so. Okay, this is the only day this entire week that I'm in office. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it's like next week's probably going to be pretty simple. Yeah, I didn't see you Monday or Tuesday. And then I saw oh. I saw your hair from across the room yeah. when you walked in. And I was like, unlock your uh, hair. <laughs> next week, by the way, we have a special guest here. So I need to check schedules and see because we're – we're going to have to shoot on Monday. That, I'll, I'll talk off Oh, I'll be out okay. Monday. Uh, okay, well, I yeah, guess Yeah, I think that, you already knew that. Uh, maybe, but yeah. anyway, that's that sort of work. It's the one I'm thinking of. Y'all should be very excited. It, yeah. It's Xbox-related. <laughs> what? I know, right? Relevant. No, um... Do you so, mean this isn't unloaded? The IGN first-person shooter podcast. <laughs> Whoops! Well, now you have to make that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not. Congratulations! Doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> now, if uh, if you want to try and stump the panel here with a trivia question, please email unlocked at ign.com. I can't believe people ask me on Twitter, "What's the email address again?" I only literally say it every single show. <laughs> it's very unlocked at ign.com. Please include your trivia question that's Xbox related. Include four multiple choice answers, and please note the correct one in your email. Uh, and we'll play again next But no week. more obscure which game was in this movie from Yeah, 19, no more TV yeah. shows or from movies. From 1999. Yeah, that's, we're done with those. Yeah. So thanks in advance. Uh, let's hit the road here. Yeah. We got to go. Lots to get to today. Mm-hmm. Miranda, you reviewed Tomb Raider. We can read that review on IGN. Yes, and I have worked with Tom Marks on a ton of coverage on Artifact, which is Valve's new game. Um, Wait, 
Huh? Yeah. Into my good ear, please. One of the, the most interesting parts of that to me was a snippet that you guys posted on Instagram of Gabe Newell saying something along the lines of, we've all be, always been jealous of Nintendo. Yeah. Yes. And, and I, I have, was like, whoa, what? I have more of that coming. Um, So much follow-up coverage. There was no embargo for this event. So we were just like rushing Scrambling, to get anything yeah. out. And we're still trying to do that. But I'm also trying to juggle Tomb Raider coverage. So I have more Tomb Raider coverage coming as well. Um, we have some features going up. So if you're curious about more of that, Keep an eye on IGN and please check out our artifact coverage and play Dota 2. Super big shout out too, because it's not like you got there at nine, had a cup of coffee, and then you got there at four, it ran till seven, and then you were writing till like No, it it ran until like stream, and yeah, you've been doing doing a good job of that. You and Tom Mox, right? Yeah, so it's been a a crazy week so far. So please check out our coverage, and I'd really appreciate it. And we can follow you on Twitter. It's at Havoc Rose, and it's Havoc with a K. Excellent. Alana? I am at Charo Alanazad on all of the social networks. Uh, latest episode of my podcast that I have with Marty just went out with Joey Noel from Kind of Funny. So you can check that out. It's called Red Lips Orange Car and it's very silly. Um, work related. Obviously, my Ready Player One review went up, but I also was at South by Southwest this weekend and went to uh, a recreation of Westworld so in real life. It's incredibly cool. Um, I wrote over a thousand words about it. You don't have to read them all, but check out the gallery. The, the article's up on IGN right now just about... It's just they really created the park in real life, and it was it was awesome. Definitely check that out. You went grave robbing. You went did. uh, You were talking to hosts. You were doing all kinds of stuff. It was super cool. Um, There was like mail for me when I got there at the post office, and (laughs) it's like actually just a big patch of Texas, and you were just like stomping around in there. Yeah. That's and then so they cool. Broke it all down on Monday, and it would have cost them millions of dollars. Like there was sixty-six <laughs> actors, and the script that they had because there were a lot of recurring events yeah. was four hundred and forty-four pages long. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, it's insane. Um, it was just amazing. Wow! It was made by the same people who made the Blade Runner experience at SDCC. If any oh, of you went yeah. to that, which was also one of the best things I've awesome. ever. Seen. I remember Brian Altano's photos from that. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah I was so sad that I didn't get to go, but I only like lived it through other people in conversation. Yeah, very, very cool. I didn't even cool. know it was there. I was there last year. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was super cool. Um, and then this weekend, I'm very excited to be hosting the South by Southwest Gaming Awards. So that is streaming uh, Saturday night. I'm not sure if it's streaming on IGN. It's definitely streaming on um, South by Southwest's Twitch. So that'll be, I think it's the last Gaming Awards of the year before GDC. Uh, there are a lot of them. Yeah, but, um, also March. Wait, G- isn't GD- GDC's next week? Yeah. So you said last gaming... Before Wars GDC. Of, the, of yeah. the year before GDC. GDC so it's like this GDC one's on Saturday on and then the GDC one is next Saturday. Because oh. <laughs> it's like the GDC awards as well. <laughs> so it's like, and then we're done and there's no more. It's BAFTA done? Yet? Like, I don't even know. There's too many. You remember when we used to do our Game of the Year awards in January and we thought that was too late? Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's crazy. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Please keep an eye on our ongoing State of Decay 2 coverage. Brandon's working super hard on that. Uh, and it's just super cool to get to be this is all exclusive like no one's seen this game except us and we're just super stoked to share it all with you guys so uh, keep an eye on that yeah, and like Ryan said, I'm going to be leaving here to go make more cool State of Case stuff for you. Uh, I'm Brandon Tyrell on Twitter. Brandon with an I, Tyrell with two R's and one L. And that's it. We got a lot. us out now. What's that? Yeah, we got to get out of this us out now. Are they really? Okay, yeah. We got a lot coming out. See if these reviews. Stay tuned next week for the makings of that. And then um, thanks. Yeah, special guest <laughs> next week. Hope you enjoy that. So we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.